0: So as you guys can see, I'm sitting in front of a trailer park right now, and I came here because I wanted to remember, you know, what it felt like. And I spent the majority of my life growing up in a trailer park. I came from a background where my family, like, loved me, and they were like, my family was like the typical, like, blue collar, like, work super hard and try to put food on the table. And, and that was kind of like our mantra, you know, it was like we were just like kind of working to survive. We always lived paycheck to paycheck uh, growing up, didn't play any sports, and I always felt like I didn't have purpose. You know, I always felt like I didn't, uh, I didn't belong. I didn't like, I didn't fit in with, with my environment. So, um, when I was younger, I just, I was always the one that was kind of the, a little bit of an outcast, um, in the sense that, you know, we didn't have money and so I would wear hand-me-down clothes at school and, um... I wasn't playing any sports because my family couldn't afford to. So I didn't really have any friends from community football teams or soccer teams or anything. And I was just kind of the outcast. And so um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. And I didn't really know what my career was going to be. I didn't really even see myself pursuing higher level education. Uh, Nobody in my family had gone to university up until the point that I came along. So like, and when I mean nobody, I mean nobody in the last three generations. So university for me wasn't really even like, I wasn't even considering it. Um, but I knew that I wanted to do something different. I didn't know a lot, but one thing I did know as I was like, I was like, I'm not satisfied. That's one thing I did know. It's like, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at right now. I'm not satisfied living here. I'm not satisfied with the, the status of my body. I'm not satisfied. And so when I was 14 years old, I was living in a trailer park. I decided that like, I was overweight at the time at 14. I had like the, the awareness to be like, yo, I don't like this. Like, I don't want to be fat anymore. So I, like, stepped on the scale. I weighed 165 pounds, and I was, like, 5'1". And I remember, like, looking down at the scale, 165 pounds. I can still see, see the scale, like, to this day. And looking at myself in the mirror, I was just, like, fat little black kid with little chubby cheeks, big afro. And I, like, looked at myself in the mirror, and I was, like, we're not doing this anymore. I'm, like, I'm, we're done. And I started, I was, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose this weight. I just, like, I was, like, I'm losing weight. I didn't know how to lose weight. I'm 14. So what I decided to do was I decided to put on my shoes and go for a run. And uh, I want to talk, I want to talk about hope for a second because I think that, you know, the entire purpose of me doing, wanting to do these videos and wanting to share my journey with you is hope. And I remember when I was 14, my auntie uh, who was raising me would always tell me about how my uncle, which was her brother, when he was my age, she's like, when your uncle was your age, he started working out, he started exercising, he was the most fit man at his school. And he went from the skinny little kid to this jacked kid. And he was like, he's like, at your age, like that's what your uncle did. And like that story gave me hope that I could do it too. Um, but here no there, 14 years old, decided to lose the weight. Um, and losing the weight meant going for runs, drinking more water, eating smaller portion sizes, and and committing to that. So I did, I lost the weight um, and I lost 30 pounds that summer. I went back to high school. Everyone th- thought I was a new kid, but that metamorphosis that I put myself through, the transformation, the pushing myself to run, sweating, dying, eating less food, drinking more water, cutting out pop. Like I did that myself in a summer and coming back as a new person I remember like the feeling that I had when I started getting attention from girls and you know people started noticing me and everyone thought I was the new kid but I was like I'm not new I was just fat last year you guys didn't care now you guys like me this tells me that I can transform and I didn't know what that meant yet but I had confidence I was like okay like I can do shit like I can I can commit myself to an action and then I can get you know rewarded for it so um in high school I started playing football and Um, I started playing football in high school and I like loved football and it was the first sport I'd ever played in my life and I was the worst player on the team in grade 10. I ended up becoming the most improved. Grade 11, I was the team captain. Grade 12, I was the team captain and we went to city finals. So every single year I like progressively got better. But in high school, I got injured. And so after getting injured, like I got, I was going to go to university to play football. And then when I got injured, I, you know, didn't end up going to even try out for university because i was like so upset about it and i didn't know how to handle university at the time i'd never experienced anything like that so um 18 19 20 um i ended up not going to university i ended up not pursuing football so i just got a job as a bartender because i'm like bartending will allow me to travel the world and one day my goal is to travel the world so i'll start bartending so that i can travel the world and explore so um, I moved out on my own uh, with a few of my friends. We, like, we were just in this house together. We were bar- I was bartending and partying. And um, I was still kind of lost at this time. You know, 18, 19, 20, I still didn't really know what I wanted. I still didn't really know, like, where my life was headed and what direction I was going. Um, so I, I was, like, kind of, like, in this funk where, like, I'm like, do I want to, you know, do I want to go back to school? Do I want to study? Do I want to play football? Like, I didn't really know. Um, and I felt very uncertain and I felt very unsure. And so I decided I was like 19, 20 years old. And there was, uh, there was a period in my life where I used to, you know, stand at the bar and listen to other people on the other side of the bar talk. And I remember a conversation that I had with a guy and he was talking about his life's regrets. He's like, you know, telling me about all the things that he regretted. And I remember in that conversation, I was like, one thing I think I would regret for the rest of my life is if I, thought about the fact that I wanted to be a pro football player and I never actually chased that dream and I never actually pushed myself and I never actually saw if I could make it to the next level and so I 21 years old I moved out to Kelowna I tried out for the Okanagan Sun I was a walk-on I didn't even know if I was gonna make the team tried out for the ok- I was 20 actually tried out for the Okanagan Sun made the team moved out to Kelowna and I played for the Okanagan Sun for a season um Honestly, I wasn't very good because I'd taken three years off of high school. I like, I cracked the second lineup and then I started for a few games, but I was like, okay, there's something here. And so after playing for the Okanagan Sun at this time, I was still broke. Like I was working at Booster Juice playing football. And that was honestly, I was happy doing it because I was like chasing a dream. Um, I came back to Calgary after playing football for the Okanagan Sun and I started going super, super hard with my fitness. I was like, I'm going to come back next year and people are going to know who Brian Mark is. I was like, I'm coming in and I'm like, and people are going to know my name. I'm like, I was like deadlifting and squatting like every two days. Like I was all in. Um, I ended up putting on a 35 pounds from one summer to the next coming into the next Okanagan Sun football tryout. And uh, when I came back, people were like, damn, like like, this is like, you're like a new beast. Just wanted to take a quick minute to say, I want to change your life. If you're listening to this podcast, then you know that I have what it takes to help you grow a successful online coaching business. So go to my Instagram at the real Brian Mark and DM me the words, more clients. I'll reach out to you and we'll talk about what your biggest struggle is. We'll talk about what your goals are for your online coaching business. And I'll give you some guidance and a game plan for what to do next. Again, go to my Instagram at the real Brian Mark and DM me the words, more clients. And I'll reach out to you to see if I can help. Now let's get back to today's episode. So I killed the spring camp. Two weeks later, I came home, I was deadlifting. I was deadlifting like 465 and I heard this like, it's a crack. I was like, what the fuck was that? I went to stand up and I like couldn't stand. I had to lay on the ground. I was like, oh, that did not feel good. I go home that night and I can't walk. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Tried to lift weights, couldn't lift. I went to the chiropractor. My chiropractor's like, yeah, you uh, you locked your SI joint, and there's like there's some nerve damage. So I'm like sitting there. I'm like, two weeks away from my second Okanagan Sun season, where I like put in all this work, all this passion, all this energy. I was the most jacked I had ever been in my entire life. I was like ready. Two weeks before my Okanagan Sun uh, uh season started where I would have been like that's the that was the game that I would have played I pulled my back and uh I remember being so distraught for like a week I was just like I had no idea what I wanted to do I had no idea I was like how like I was like angry I was like how is like God giving me this right now like what like i just worked my ass off for the last year and like, like two weeks before i'm about to achieve my dreams boom i get like lower back gets pulled so i'm sitting there like one day and i'm like getting ready to go to the gym and uh at this point you know i'd really been all in with my fitness goals for like nine months like training an hour and a half two hours a day like six meals a day like i was all the way in i'm talking about like i just didn't miss a beat and i'm sitting there watching a bodybuilding motivation video because I used to watch bodybuilding motivation videos to get me ready to train for football because I wanted to like stay motivated. And so I would always watch bodybuilding motivation videos and then I'd go train. So I'm sitting there watching a bodybuilding motivation video in my apartment and it like clicked. I was like, why don't you do a fitness competition? I'm like, you're already, I was like, I literally had this conversation with myself in my head. I'm like, I'm already in shape. I'm like, I can't hit anybody. I was like, I can still work out. I'm like and I still look good so I'm like why don't I do a fitness competition so nine weeks later there was a fitness competition I registered and I committed and I did my first fitness competition and after my first fitness competition I like I realized I was like holy shit this is what I'm supposed to do I was like this is why the football thing didn't work out so I was like I started doing I was like I'm gonna become a pro fitness model so after my first fitness competition I like committed to going pro I was like in my head um, this is a fun walk down lumber lane. I'm enjoying this. I hope you guys are enjoying this too. This is at this point. I didn't know how to win in my life. And by the way, one of the lessons I want you to take away from this is like, you got to learn how to fail and you got to learn how to fail good because you're going to fail a lot if you really want to be successful. So I told myself I wanted to be a pro. And when I told myself I wanted to be a pro, not only did I tell myself, I told everyone, everyone that would listen, I told everyone that would listen, I was gonna be a professional fitness model. Um, um, you know, every conversation that I'd be in, I was talking about how I wanted to be a professional fitness model. Every person that I met at the gym, they're like, what are you training for? I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be a professional fitness model. Every single person I told. And, and I was so set on it. I was like telling as many people as would possibly listen. And um, what was happening, and I didn't realize this, But what was happening at the time is the more that I talked about it, the more that I lost the motivation to do the actual work. Because it felt good for me to tell you that I'm going to be a professional fitness model and for you to tell me that that's an awesome goal. And that feeling was so good that I kept chasing that feeling. And when it came time to actually put the work in and actually do what would be necessary for me to go pro, I didn't want to do it. Because it felt better for me to talk to you about how I wanted it. Does that make sense? And so after I did my fitness competition that year, I didn't have anything else that I was moving towards. Um, There wasn't a specific deadline. And so it gave me a little bit of like freedom in my head to be an idiot. So I started drinking and I started partying and I started doing drugs. And um, I was around the nightclubs. And I like that as that point, like I was like, well, you know, like I'm just going to, I hadn't done any drugs up to that point. I was like, I'm just going to do a little bit of, you know, just gonna do a little bit of drugs whatever it's not a big deal um and i was doing drugs and i which and this is another sick thing about the fitness industry is there's a lot of like quote unquote fit people that are like cocaine addicts and i'll just call spade a spade because when i was you know training for my fitness competitions there was a lot of people that were also training for fitness competitions that were straight up cocaine addicts and um and it was just buried beneath the surface and nobody would talk about it everybody knew about it but nobody would talk about it And so because i knew about this I like justified it in my head. I'm like, I can do cocaine and still achieve my goals because other people are doing it, right? It's, and it's, um, yeah, that's another story for another day. But I told everybody I was going to win. But when it, when, if you peeked back behind the curtains of my life while I was telling people this, um, I was partying. I was drinking and I was doing drugs. And um, I would work my ass off during the week, work on my fitness goals. Friday would come, drugs, drinking. And then I'd work my ass off during the week, Friday would come, drugs, drinking. And I did this for 12 weeks leading up into my second fitness competition, which was in Australia. I was partying so hard leading up to Australia that I almost took cocaine on the plane when I went to Australia. Like before I had gone, like going into that trip, like I had been partying for like two weeks straight and I wanted to get high so bad. And I didn't want to lose my cocaine so I literally almost snuck it in my shoe and I remember being in the security lineup highs f- with cocaine in my shoe there's like it was literally in my f- right in here I like stuffed it in my like I cut up I cut a hole in my shoe and I stuffed a bag of cocaine in there I remember going in there and I was like in the security lineup and I was like dude if they catch this cocaine I'm going to jail for like 10 years and it, like hit me, I was like, fuck. And then I went to the washroom, took it out of my shoe, snorted as much of it as I possibly could, dumped the rest of it in the toilet, flushed it, and I went on the plane. <clears throat> and I was fucked like that, I was so fucking high. I got to Australia, and I, I was—I had a week into my competition, and I knew that I had a lot of catching up to do, so I went on zero carbs uh, for two weeks, only ate vegetables and chicken and egg whites, uh, stayed on my buddy's couch, and just tried to get in the best shape that I possibly could in the seven days that I had until the show. Long story short, I ended up stepping on stage. Um, there was 50 athletes. I was, I placed 49th out of 50 athletes. So I literally got my ass kicked. Um, I remember when I came back home, I was so embarrassed because I remember I told literally everyone everyone that i knew i was like i'm gonna be a champion 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 and so when i came back and literally got dead last nobody knew that i got dead last except for me i didn't i didn't tell anybody but i had like every excuse in the book for why other people were better than me other than the fact that i didn't put in the work um and yeah i just couldn't really handle mentally i couldn't deal with the loss that was number one number two i was already kind of addicted to drugs at this point because like the entire time i was gone i couldn't get wait to get back and do cocaine um So I was like, I was already an addict at that point. So when I got back, I definitely didn't have a finish line because there was no fitness competition and I was coming off of this like mental loss. So I didn't really know how to cope with that. And as a result, I just started partying every single day. Like, and then it got to the point where I used to work out during the week and party on the weekend. But when I came back from Australia, it was party every single day and work out while I was high. Like I used to go to the gym like while I was high and work out um it's a super super dark time in my life um ended up getting fired from like every bartending job that i that i had at the time um i went from partying and having fun to everyone in my life starting to notice that i was an addict and even the people that i used to party with were like dude like you need to like slow down but I just didn't, I, I don't have a slowdown. Like I don't, I don't, I don't have a slowdown. So uh, I was, I was not really ready to receive anybody's feedback. Um, and it wasn't until I got fired from my last job, called my girlfriend who was also an addict, told her I got fired again. And she literally said to me, she was like, dude, like you're f-ed up, you need to make a change. And I remember being like, I'm up, like you're just as bad as I am. Like, what are you talking about? And that made me realize I'm like, okay, like, I need to make like a radical shift in my life. I need to do something like drastic or I'm gonna end up in jail or dead. So I, uh, I went back to my grandma's house that night. And uh, this is a moment I'll remember for the rest of my life. I walked in to my grandma's trailer. She was sitting on the chair looking at me. It was three o'clock in the morning. I'd just gotten fired. I was high as hell and I just burst into tears. And I collapsed on the couch. She was sitting on the chair. I collapsed on the couch. She didn't ask me what was wrong. She just got up, went to the room, grabbed the Bible, came back, held my hand, and read me the Bible and cried with me. And I remember in that moment, I was like, fuck, you know, how did I let it get to this point? Number one. And number two, I don't know how this woman still loves me. Like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, how does she still love me? She still sees something good in me. But guys, that brings us to the end of today's YouTube episode. If you liked the story and you want to hear part two, stay tuned because part two will be coming out next Monday. Peace.